0: So, um, start uh, with, well, you, anybody watch VeggieTales or know about VeggieTales, right? I mean, I know they're kind of old school now, but, you know, they're still kind of still cool, right? Um, and, uh, you know, there's some great vegetables there, right? But, uh, so, there's one thing that VeggieTales does uh, that is kind of one of their, you know, they, they, this is one of the highlights of VeggieTales, and it's called Silly Songs with Larry, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Larry Schaller not here, so unfortunately, we had fun with him first service, so that was good. Um, so I'm going to start this message off with a kind of a silly, not song, but silly story um, with Sean. Um, so, and, and what I say, why I say that is because th- this, this story really has very little to do with my message. Um, so, but it's just a good story, and so it has, it's loosely connected, and so it'll be fun. Uh, but it, what it does do is it helps you to enter into my world a little bit, which I know is scary for some of you, but I hope it'll be an encouragement for you. So uh, when I first uh, got done with school, in my schooling, and prepared to be a pastor, right? Super excited. Uh, I graduated, my bachelor's degree, and knew that I was going into the ministry. I'd been waiting 10 years, you know, or more by now, knowing that God had called me into the pastoral ministry. So super excited. Finally get done with school, done, all that. And, uh, and so a couple of months after I graduate, I get, uh, I get an interview, right? i like, sweet, here we go, right? And so uh, it was a church in the Seattle area, and it was down to me and one other, you know, potential candidate was sir sure was a loser. It's really bad, I'm sure. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so uh, I get down there for my interview, right? And, and so I'm in the interview room and it's just a small kind of room and there's about maybe 10 people in the room. And uh, they've they've got, they're all kind of sitting in chairs and then I'm standing at kind of the front of the room and I've got a little music stand and I'm just kind of fielding questions, right? So it's kind of like almost this oral board in a sense, right? You know, they're just kind of peppering me with different questions, right? And so, you know, the interview is going, just great, right? I mean, I am killing it, right? I, I am answering every question just perfectly. Just doing, a, I mean, I, my ability to read the room, right? I could just see, you know, kind of where, oh, that person, I just need to draw them out a little bit more, you know, and I get them, like, yeah, I'm on, I'm going So, you know, it's just I'm just, it's going really, really, really good, right? And dropping little sarcastic comments every once in a while get them laughing, right? You know, you get them laughing, you win, man. You win, right? <laughs> That's why, see, I'm, I won. Whoever just, yeah, see, I just uh, Sultan. He's on. I'll to him. Yes, right. And so this is the way it's going. And then this one guy. This one guy sitting in the front. just, man, I, I identified this guy right away. I mean, this guy was a problem, right? Everybody else was going great, but this one guy, I could tell, he was a critic, right? And he just never smiled. You know, couldn't get him to laugh. He's just kind of like just sitting there, almost stone faced the whole time, right? I'm like. What is this, you know, and so I kind of pegged him. I got, you know what, this guy's a youth pastor wannabe, and he's ticked off because they didn't ask him to fill the spot, right? And so he's just like, yeah, I'm gonna kill, you know, just destroy any youth pastor that comes in there. None of them are good as me kind of thing, right? And, and so anyway, so everything's going great, and then this guy in the front row, he asks the question. Now, I mean, we, we've all been there, right? We've been in an interview, and there's one question that we all dread answering, right? And you're shaking your head, you know what it is. The question is simply, hey, you know, what are your weaknesses, right? I mean, dumbest thing, now I have to tell you why you shouldn't hire me, right? I mean, that's exactly what I wanna do in an interview, right? But, so he asked the question, but I am ready. My mentor had prepared me well. He said, oh no, you gotta watch out for this question, it's coming, and so I was ready. But I kinda went up to the music stand and leaned back and paused for a minute. Hmm, what are my weaknesses? And then, as if it just kind of came to me, my eyes brightened. I'm like, oh, oh, I've got it. You know, uh, one of my greatest strengths is also one of my greatest weaknesses. And I said, yeah, so see, I, I'm a real passionate guy, and, and I can be very passionate about how I communicate certain topics that I get really excited about, that I have a lot of a passion about. And, and so sometimes when I do that, I, I, I can actually cause people to kind of get afraid and, and to kind of go back, and, and they won't respond to me, and I'll kind of just you know push them off into the corner. And so I've got to be really careful with this amazing gift of passion that God has given me that I don't use it for evil by, by, you know, putting people down or pushing people away. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so good. So I sit back and lean up against the music stand and go, yep, and just hit that one out of the park again. And, uh, and then this guy in the front row, ah oh, man, that guy. You know, he was a blonde, right, like brown, blonde hair, you know, and it's kind of like long, you know, a little bit, you know, almost like, you know, mullet-like-ish. And he's got this mustache It was bushy. I can see his face right now. And he had his toothpick. He had a toothpick in his mouth, like, like bouncing around when he's asking questions, right? It's like it's horrible. So he asks a follow-up question. He says, so, what are you passionate about? Tell me something you're passionate about. Now, you all sitting here going, oh, dude, That's a softball. He just teed that thing up for you right there, and you're gonna knock this one out of the park too, right? So what's the answer? Jesus, Jesus, thank you, you were in first service, that's cheating. It's Jesus! What are you passionate about? It's Jesus, right? Simple, simple. No, 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 no. For whatever reason, that question, maybe it was because of the guy. I don't know. Maybe he was doing some kind of mojo thing or something in my brain. But they came that question came at me like a knuckleball, man. It was just bouncing around my head, just crashing everywhere. And I didn't know what to do. I was like, what is that question? What is the answer? I don't know what to do. Seriously, I was just like, for seconds, many, many seconds in an interview, just going, oh, what, Lord? And I'm leaning now against the stand, but not because I'm trying to build tension, but because I am freaking out, because I don't have an answer to this stupid question, right? And so I'm sitting there and trying to deal with it, and we're like six, seven, eight seconds into this, right? And that's just an eternity, right? Waiting for an answer to come. And finally, this answer just comes plowing through my brain so fast that I didn't have time to vet it before it came out. And so I blurred out, politics! Politics! <laughs> I'm passionate about politics. Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh, as I was driving home after that interview, I was just like, Jesus, Sunday school answer, Jesus, 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 come on, why couldn't you come up with Jesus, right? It's just right there, it's so simple. So, so needless to say, I was not surprised when I got the thank you, but uh, no thank you. <laughs> email from them a couple of weeks later, oh my gosh, so why do I tell that story? Just because it's loosely connected to, just silly silly song, silly stories with Sean, uh, but it's loosely connected to a topic that I do want to dive into, and that's passion. You know, uh, the things that we're passionate about uh, impact us, right? It, it changes us. It, it causes us to act in different ways than we never thought it would, right? But passions kind of drive us too, right? I mean, uh, as a kid, I kind of got passionate about football, Right? And now you guys get to see the full, you know, fledged, you know, I'm always talking about football, right? Illustrations of football and that kind of stuff. I'm sorry, but this is the pastor you hired. You know, talk to your search committee. Anyway, but, you know, football was a passion for me. It's, it's something that I started out, you know, kind of just experiencing a little bit of it. And then I got to know more about it. And as I played it and as I watched it, I got to understand it more and more. And the strategy behind it and, and, and the talent that it takes and, and the, the work that it takes to be able to be good at it. All this kind of stuff to the point where I, you know, began to, you know, I thought about football all the time, right? I mean, it was like all the time I wanted to talk about football or play football, right? I carry a football with me. Hey, you want to play catch? Come on. Come on, let's play catch. Come on. Anybody? Anybody? Come on. Oh, it's okay if you're not good. It's all right. I'll throw it right to you. Don't worry. It'll be good. You know what? The kind of thing. You just want to do it all the time. And this is passion, right? The things that we're passionate about, we experience, we get to know, we interact with, but we get this becomes starts to boil out of us, right? I mean, as, a, as, a, as an extrovert, I, I, I love interacting with introverts. Now, I know all you introverts are going, would you just stay away from me, extrovert? <laughs> Seriously. Although some of you like it because the extrovert always has something to say. And so you always don't have something to say, or oftentimes you're like, I don't know what to say, and so you just, you're happy to sit and listen. Oh yeah, that's nice. Thank you, that's nice, oh, that's great. But anyway, I love what I love about introverts is sometimes on that conversation, you're getting to know them a little bit, all of a sudden you'll ask them a question that happens to be something they're passionate about. And all of a sudden, boom, they become extroverted, right? It's amazing, right? They just all of a sudden, you can't get them to shut up, right? It's like, okay, yeah, I get it, I get it. You don't know, really like ballerinas, okay? Just move on. Right? But whatever it is, right? You just you, they just explode, and this is what passion does to us. The things that we're passionate about, we have a hard time containing that, right? When we hear things that you know that 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 kind of make us think of our passions. We're like, oh, I, I really want to be, I want to know more about that, right? Or, or if someone maybe puts down something we're passionate about, hey, whoa, 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 back off, bro. Come on, what's up with that? Seahawks are amazing, just so you know. Um, anyway, right, you know, so this is, this is what passions do to us, and the reason I bring this up is because this year I am asking and praying that the Lord would increase our passion for Jesus. Th- this year I'm going to be preaching throughout the year, I'm Five different sermon series about uh, really the whole. It's about engaging our neighbor with the love of Jesus. This is our last statement on our vision to engage our neighbor with the love of Jesus, right? And so this is this is the one I want to I want to preach about this all year long. Five different series I'm going to do throughout the year. But here's the deal: when whenever we begin to talk about evangelism in the church, I I find that so often uh, you know it 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 elicits you know. emotions in us some of us especially on the more extroverted side we get excited about it right oh evangelism that could be fun i can get to know somebody new but even us extroverts still fear you know oh talking about jesus especially in this culture right let you know, I me mean, talk about football that's much easier right but so but so create some fear i think in all of us all of us get this kind of tension of oh man uh boy oh ah uh, i don't even know if i how do, I, how do I evangelize? How do I share my faith? What, what do I do with that? I mean, how do I, how do I tell people about Jesus' love? I mean, not just how do I start the conversation, but once I get into the conversation, I mean, what if they ask me a question I don't know? Or, or what if, you know, I, I, I draw a blank? Or what if they look at my life and they realize, oh, he's not a very good Christian because, you know, I'm living this way or whatever, right? And so we get, we, it freaks us out. And so what often churches have done throughout the years is we, we put together evangelism training courses. And, and hear me right, I'm not I'm not, I'm not saying these are bad things, okay? I mean, they're, these are helpful tools that have helped us to memorize certain scripture and have strategies and, and help us to un- understand, you know, who Jesus is and being able to share it in an effective way. But oftentimes we lean on that and think, you know, if I just go to this training course, then I'll know what I need to know. I'll have all the answers or at least most of the answers. I'll have a good strategy and then I can step out and then I'm going to be able to be an evangelist. And and God does use that, and I think it is effective, but, but here's what I believe. I believe that if we just increase our passion for Jesus, the world won't be able to stop us from talking about Him. It's not about getting trained in skills and strategies to share our faith, it's about deepening our understanding and knowledge and experience And passion for Jesus. And so this year, my sermon series is all going to be about how we can get to know this Jesus. And as we get to know him, that God would deepen our passion for him. And that as that passion deepens, we would just automatically begin talking more about Jesus and living more like Jesus. All right? So this morning, what I want to do is I set that up. I, I want to take us through and just give you a little brief summary of each of these series that I'm going to go through. Just to kind of give a little teaching point on it and then just kind of, hey, this is where we're headed. So, uh, I, but I hope that it's not just, oh, this is boring. We're looking at the future, but there's no real lessons. But I'm, I'm, I'm praying the Holy Spirit would still speak to us as we're walking through this. And may this be an encouragement to you as well. So how do we increase our passion for Jesus First of all, we need to know what he did. We need to know what he did. John 3, 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Jesus, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son, Jesus, into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. What did Jesus do? He saved the world. What did Jesus do? What has he done? He's done it on the cross. He died for us. right? He poured out his blood for us. He's forgiven our sin on the cross. right? He paid our debt. He's opened up eternity for us. He's reconciled us to Jesus. What did Jesus do? I remember the first time That I came face to face with my own sinfulness and God's amazing forgiveness. I was in high school and I was coming back from a Mexico uh, mission trip. And sitting in a church and uh, kind of debriefing with my, my youth group. And there was probably about 20 of us, and we're all in a circle, and we're just praying, and, and we're praying for each other. And, and it was just out of the blue, out of nowhere. I'm just sitting there, I mean, after this amazing experience of, of being in, 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 on this mission trip, and, and then one of my, student, my fellow you know, peers or whatever begins to pray for me. And as they're praying for me, I am overcome with my sin, and how unworthy I am of Jesus, and I begin to bawl. I mean, it literally, baw- I mean, I, I hadn't bawled since, you know, at least a year before when my girlfriend broke up with me, but I hadn't bawled in a long time, and I was, I could not, it was uncontrollable. I mean, the flub-flubs, right, that's what we call them. <laughs> yeah, I, I was doing that kind of stuff. It was nasty. Anyway, but it, Confronted with the reality of my sin. But more than that, that Jesus still accepted me. That he'd forgiven me. That he'd paid the price for that. You, you, you see, we, we can't just know in our heads what Jesus has done. We need to know it in our hearts. We need to experience it. And I think, you know, our, our head knowledge is important. Don't get me wrong. It's not like that's not necessarily enough, right? Sometimes that's all we have, and we can cling to that, and that is great. But I also think that God is always looking for opportunities to allow us to experience the truths in our head. And so when I experienced that, it, just, it changed me. It dug me deeper into this heart of Jesus. It allowed me to have a deeper passion and recognition of who he is. So often in evangelism, we think that it's about what, that we have to do it. That it's what we do that brings them to Christ. That we've got to care for their needs, that we've got to meet their needs in some way, or that we've got to, you know, not make any mistakes. We've got to be perfect in how we present the gospel, that if somehow we mess up or say the wrong thing or answer the wrong way, that that's it. That's, we're done. That's, oh, we just blew it. That person's never going to heaven now because of me. Oh my gosh, don't we realize that God can use even our sin to bring glory to his name and bring people to Christ, Right? And so the more we understand this reality of who Jesus, or not who Jesus is, but what he's done, we'll get to who who Jesus is in a minute, what he's done, that we are able to deepen our passion for him, and then out of that comes an evangelistic heart. And so we're going to start this series next Sunday, and it's going to go for seven weeks through the seven weeks of Lent, ending on Easter and we're going to be looking at what Jesus did by looking at his words on the cross. Seven statements he made on the cross, and so we'll take one each week. We also need to know who he is. We need to know who Jesus is. It's not just about what he's done. We need to know who he is personally, right? That we have this relationship with him. That we understand again in our head, because scripture tells us who he is, and we need to understand what scripture teaches us about him, but again, that we would experience those realities, those characteristics of who Jesus is. I remember the first time I went on a solitude weekend, and, and for some of you, are like, solitude weekend? What's that? That's a weekend where you don't talk to anybody except for Jesus, right? Uh, and seriously, I'm away from all people. I, went, uh, I actually went to a monastery in Oregon And it was amazing. Actually, there were other people there, but we would only get together for meals. So we'd get together for meals, and then after that, we're like solitude and then we get together for a meal, and then get, so, so. amazing. And, and I remember at this time in my life, there was a lot of turmoil, there was conflict going on in, in ministry, and in my personal life, and there was these things going on, and so when I went to the solitude weekend, I was really uh, anticipating that Jesus was gonna show up and he was gonna fix this, or at least give me some answers. How do I get through this? How do I deal with these things that are happening to me? Uh, how, do I, how do I resolve this conflict? You know, Lord, even reveal my sin to me if I need to you know, know that, right, or whatever it is, and so much anticipation, and so, I'm there, and then it's Saturday night of this solitude weekend. And I'm again pouring out my heart to the Lord. Help me with this. What do you have for me? And then I finally shut my mouth and just listened a little bit. And then he said this to me. He said, I love you. That's all I get that whole weekend. But it was enough, amen? To know Jesus, who he is, this character of love that he has for us. That he knows us, exactly what we need. I didn't need all my conflicts resolved. I didn't need my life to get back into order. I just needed to know that Jesus loves me. See, we go into evangelism so many times and we think that it's, you know, it's about uh, who we are. That it's about you know, what we look like. It's about our knowledge of this Jesus that we have to have all the answers. You know, we're so afraid they're gonna ask us a question, oh, I don't know what the answer is to that. But that's not what evangelism is about. It's about us understanding personally who Jesus is and then sharing that with others. It's about him, it's who, that's who we're leading people to, not to us, to them. We don't have to have all the answers. Matter of fact, it's often better when we don't. Jesus is mysterious, right? He's beyond our full comprehension. Why are we so afraid to say, I don't know? It's okay to say that. And I know oftentimes we're trained to say, oh, I'll find out. You know what? Some questions have no answer. So after Easter, I'll launch into this second series. And it's going to be um, focused on who Jesus is through the I am statements of the book of John. Jesus has seven times in the book of John where he says, I am, which is actually a title that's God's name. I am. And then he gives a description. And so uh, we're going to go through those. Uh, John chapter uh, 14, verse 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's Jesus. Well, That's one of the ones we'll look through. All right. Next, we need to understand what he provides. What he provides. John chapter 4, verses 1 to 3, right? I'm going, behold, I'm going to prepare a place for you, right? So that you can come and be with me. That's what that passage is about. We need to understand what he provides, the, the kingdom realities that he provides. So often, we want to, to basically set up a, 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 the non-Christian with this bait and switch, You know, if you just come to Jesus, if you just pray the prayer, then everything is going to work out for you. Your life's going to be so much better. You're going to be so blessed. You know, Jesus has so many things for you that he wants to give you, and you're going to get a new house, a new car, a new family, a new whatever, right? I mean, you're going to get it all. It's going to be amazing, right? But this is not what Jesus promises. This is not what Jesus says that he's providing, so we need to understand that we're providing kingdom realities, and we need to know this not just in our head, but in our experience. Before I came here just a couple of years ago, the Lord was leading my wife and I into this time of transition. We knew it was coming. He said, "All right, it's time to move." I'm like, "Oh, I really don't want to move." It's time to move. Okay, where are we doing? I'm gonna be lead pastor? You're crazy, um, right? So I remember during this time, there was so much going on, and there was so much. April 1st was my last day, 2017, at Richland Church. And, and, and I remember that day coming and knowing at that time that I had no idea what was next. Right? You know, they always tell you don't leave your first job until you got your second job, right? Well, not always in God's economy, right? Um, so he said, "Get out," and I. Oh, okay. uh, and so I had no idea what was coming next. Um, <laughs> my my daughter was getting married three months after that. She got married June that year. <laughs> uh, I had no job, I, and I really I had actually gone to the Lord. I said, "You know what, God? I, I don't know what you have for me next." And I and I said, I, "But maybe it's maybe I get to go back to grocery, <laughs> grocery store, right?" Um, I didn't want to, but I, I really, I had a sense that this might be the last, that might be the last time I'm ever in like a pastoral ministry role. I just, just thought that, but could be it. Um, but amazingly, <laughs> I had no anxiety. I had no stress. I, w- I was so at peace. I-, I couldn't, I kept like going, I, you know how you do that? You, know, you feel those anxious, you know, stomach surge, kind of do that thing or whatever, you get a little angry. You know, and so I kept checking, I'm like, it's my stomach like, it should be like, I should be freaking out right now? Why am I not, right? You know, you, 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 I kept doing that over and over because I, I should be stressed. This is my last day. The next day I'm like, you know, sleeping in until noon. Like, oh, I should, should, something, I should be, what's next, right? I should be freaking out. I should be like sending out resumes like crazy. I should be freaking out, you know, trying to find a job or make money. Some, no, it was just like there was this peace that God gave me. And this is the reality. These are the things that he provides. Peace, not just for today, but also for eternity, right? Not just for eternity, but also for today. Right, So these are the things that we promise, not the things of this world. So often, our evangelism is about offering the earthly jewels and the earthly blessings. No, 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 no. Jesus actually promises a life of chaos, a life of struggle, a life of suffering, if we're going to follow Jesus. So we would recognize that it's not about what we can provide or what the world can provide, though. It's up to what Jesus can provide. We don't have to follow through on his promises, he does. So this summer, we'll, uh, probably about July, we'll start going through this series on what he provides, and we'll be looking at Jesus' par- parables about the kingdom of God is like. Next, we need to understand who Jesus pursues, who he pursues, right? Right? Because he's the one who gets to choose. Luke chapter 5, verse 31 and 32 says, you know, it's the sick who need a doctor, not the healthy. Jesus has come in order to bring those who are sinners to redemption. Right? It's not the ones who think they're all righteous, right? And so often we want to make the choice when we go to evangelism, we like I want to I want to choose who I get to evangelize. I want to pick the people, right? We even had a push because we're so wealthy in America, right? A push to the upper class, you know, uh, 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 individuals in our church, you know, people that not church, but in the, our country where people are making a lot of money and this kind of stuff. And I'm not saying that they don't need Jesus. There's plenty of them that do. But understanding that that is going to have a pretty small return in our evangelism, evangelistic efforts because, you know, Jesus says it's hard for the wealthy to enter the kingdom of heaven. And it's not because they can't repent and they don't have sin. It's because they rely on themselves, they rely on their own wealth, their own ability to, to fix things when things go bad. So, but we need to recognize that it's Jesus who is pursuing people and we need to allow him to point out those people who we're going to be pursuing. It's not about us having a, it's not even us about us having a, a demographic of people that we're going to reach out to. We can't even say it's like, okay, well, we're going to reach out to the homeless. Uh, No, 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 wait a second. Now, Now, some of us may be called to the homeless, but let Jesus do that calling. But it shouldn't just be a demographic of, oh, we're going to go to that demographic and we're going to bring them to Christ. I understand the strategy behind that. I understand that God uses that. But may we all in this church be looking to Jesus and following him where he leads, to the people that he points out in our life that need to hear about Jesus. Whether they're rich, whether they're poor, whether they're, you know, uh, you know, grew up in the church, or maybe are atheists, or, or witches, or whatever it may be. It is amazing when we allow him to set the course of our life, what you end up getting into. For me, it was PTA. We moved in 2004 to Richland, and so I knew that it was like, okay, I'm a pastor. I like Christians, but I don't want to hang out with them all the time. They get really kind of tiring after a while. And so I was looking for an outlet into the community, right? As some, some, some non-Christians I could get, get involved in. And so uh, my, my son was seven, going into seventh grade, and they were building a brand new middle school that he actually got to be in in his eighth grade year. And so because of that, they were starting a new PTA. And I had told myself, I will never be a PTA parent. That is not for me. And God, well, I mean, it wasn't, I just kind of raised my hand, eh, okay, okay, tell me more about this PTA thing. And two years later, I'm the president of the PTA and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but it's amazing when I took that step out and when, and, and again, it wasn't like God said, hey, go join the PTA. But I realized after I made that decision, all of a sudden, God began to, I had re- relationships and, and conversations with people I never would have before and I believe that God did lead me to the PTA, even though I wasn't paying that close attention at the time. Because of the conversation that led to coaching, I got to spend a bunch of years coaching uh, middle school um, boys in basketball and in and, and baseball and in football. It was amazing. We need to recognize it's what he wants. He knows the people who are ready. You know what? I, I got to say this too. I um, just had this sweet interaction with Bella. Uh, this morning after first service. And, and she, uh, she said to me, she said, you know, about six months ago, uh, God just impressed on me. And, and she's a new believer, you guys. I mean, she's been a Christian for like two years, two and a half years. Uh, and she's, I don't know if you know her story. Amazing. I, it, God, it's amazing. It's a miracle. She comes up to me says, six months ago, God inst- impressed on me that I needed to stop trying to be like other people and just be myself, right? Now, most of us recognize that, but let me, let me drive that point home a little bit further. We need to realize that your, and I'm going to use use your unique personality, your unique experiences in this life are the only ones that will reach some people in this world. When we try to be someone else, when we try to follow some pattern or some strategy, we are missing out on the fact that God has created each of us uniquely. He has got unique individuals in this world that we will be the only ones who can reach with the gospel. If we'll just be ourselves, he'll do that through us. It's not about what we want or what it looks like to us as that's the, okay, that's the field we need to go and preach to. It's about who Jesus has got for us. To share the gospel with so in the fall i'll begin a series on who he pursues and i'll do that through the perspective of the sermon on the mount and the beatitudes at the beginning of that sermon in matthew chapter 5. finally we need to know what he inspires we need to know what he inspires See and and it comes back to this. We're kind of starting here, but we're we're also coming back to this. To recognize what Jesus inspires, he empowers. See, so often we're afraid of evangelism because if we take a step out that, oh my gosh, I'm not going to know the answer. Oh my gosh, they're going to see my sin and realize that, oh, I'm just a hypocrite. Oh my gosh, I, you know, I'm going I'm to misrepresent Jesus or I'm going to say something wrong or I'm going to do something wrong or, or I, I'm not going to be able to endure or I'm not going to be able to handle it. I mean, this person is really hard to love. I, I, don't, I don't think I can do it. I can't do it. I, no, I'm not going to do it. But if we would just step out, if he inspires it, he'll empower it. And we need to recognize that He is the one who inspires. When we feel inspired, then we need to step into that and trust that he's going to empower us, no matter if we have the gifting or not. No matter if we have the answer or not. Doesn't matter if we've been trained or not. What Jesus inspires, he will empower. So we need to recognize that and understand that. The deeper we understand these realities, the more we will step into it and we will live it and our passion for Jesus will deepen. And then Jesus will just start flowing out of our life in so many different ways that we can't stop it. For me, this is kind of a current reality in a sense. See, as I kind of mentioned earlier, you know, when the Lord started calling me to lead pastor role, I was like, uh, no, thanks. You know, I mean, there's a couple other guys I know that'd be great lead pastors, but I will pass. Thank you very much. Uh, I love teenagers and, you know, that whole, you know, you know, lead pastor thing, although some of it I was like, ah, I could maybe do some of it. But the preaching thing, seriously, I, I was like, when I was young and, and dumb, I thought, oh yeah, I could preach. I'll be great, man, no problem. And then I started to see <laughs> preachers and the fact that they would preach every week, you know? <laughs> You know, these, these guys that run around the country, you know, these big Francis Chan types. I mean, say, oh, you know, they're such a great speaker. He's got like three messages he does, right? Does them over and over again. What's the big deal, All right? But no, pastor, like every Sunday they got to get. No, I think Francis Chan is awesome, by the way. And I know he's a pastor. I'm just joking. But anyway, so I was like, uh, every week, uh, 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 it's really, I, I had this conversation with the Lord. I said, I can't do that. I, I was like, my, my football, you know, analogies and illustrations are going to get old really quick. <laughs> I said, how am I going to entertain people for like every week? That's not going to happen. But here's the amazing thing. Um, ah, I, I, I am so impressed with God's ability to empower me to do something that I was really freaked out about and, and here's the thing it's not even so much the delivery piece right because you know the delivery piece that, that, that's communication and it's important and you know all that but my concern was what, do I, what am I going to say every week right and this is where God has met me in the two and a half years I've been in this church every week that I'm preaching at some point during that week the Holy Spirit speaks the message to me beforehand. You know, I I hope that this, this is not just an experience of pastors. My, my prayer is that all of you would have the privilege of hearing from the Holy Spirit every week. But I am so I, I had literally I had no idea that that was coming. I really thought I was, and I know, I mean, I got a strong faith and I knew God would provide and all this kind of stuff, but I had no idea that he was literally going to be speaking to me every week as I prepare for the message so that when I get up here, it's not me and my message. I really do believe it's his that he's given me that week. He inspires. When he inspires, he empowers with evangelism, this is true as well, that when he inspires, when, he, when you, that person walks by and you go, you took that, you know, hey, or you make eye contact with that person across the room. Uh, you know, sometimes subtle things like that. Other times they just show up and say, hey, tell me about Jesus. Oh, <laughs> uh, 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 what now? <laughs> <laughs> right? But when he inspires, he'll empower, that we would have the courage to step out because it's not us. It's not about me. It's about Jesus. If he's brought him, if he's caused us to see him, then we need to jump in because he's already prepared the ground. Seahawks. (laughs) So we'll kind of finish the year off um, with this final series about what he inspires. Through looking at some more parables of Jesus, where he talks about things like the talents, you know, that he's giving us these gifts and that we use them, but it's not us that's, you know, it's him working in that. He's given us this. Now use it. Right? Hmm. All right, worship team wants to come up. Every year, at the end of the year, we we have to fill out a a form for the National Office of the Alliance. And it just kind of goes through, it's a a form that's got a lot of different things on it, but most of it's questions about numbers. (sighs) Some people really like numbers, and and numbers have a a use at some point. But uh, one of the numbers that we have to report every year is baptisms and conversions. Um, This last year in 2019, and... Hear me, this is, not, uh, this is not guilt or shame, filled. This is. That's not the point of this. This last year we had zero in both of those categories. Um, and I think God has laid on my heart that, that this is something we need to begin to seek him in. And that my prayer this year is that as we deepen our passion for Jesus, he would begin to lead us to those people who are lost who need Jesus and that we would begin to see conversions in our church that we would begin to see baptisms in our church um, you know sorry this this is this is an important part of who we are as Christians but it's not about training it's not about getting a strategy. You know what, there's so many strategies out there. If you want a strategy, go on the internet and you know, Google you know, evangelism strategies and you'll get like a billion of them. It's not about that. It's about our passion for Jesus. I'm praying that we would fall into deeper love with Jesus this year as we, as we learn about what he's done, who he is. What he provides, who he pursues, and what he inspires. As we learn about those things, may we—that uh, my prayer is that that would drive home a deeper passion for Jesus, so that all of a sudden we wouldn't be able to stop talking about Jesus. Everywhere we turn, we would see Jesus. You know, somebody would start to talk about the Seahawks. Oh, have you heard about Jesus, though? Right? I mean, this kind of thing, right? And it's because we need this, and this is what where it comes from. Again, this is the inspiration that comes from a passion and understanding and knowledge and experience with. Jesus. Jesus. And so will you pray that prayer with me? Will you pray with me that God would deepen our passion for him and as a result a passion for the lost? And that we would see a number of conversions this year. A number came to me earlier and it was a dozen. Maybe that's too little, maybe that's too much. I don't know if it's from the Lord or not. I just know that number came to me when I started thinking about it. Maybe it's because I like dozen. Dozen donuts, dozen eggs. I don't know. But may Lord, you know, sometimes He does that. You know, I I was reading Moses. I'm going too long. Uh, I was reading Moses, you know, and sometimes I wonder about Moses, right? It's like all of a sudden it seems like He just kind of makes things up, right? And he just, like, throws this thing out. Right? God comes and speaks to him and says, oh, there's going to be judgment. And then he steps out and he says, all right, here's the judgment or whatever. And he's, like, making things up. And I'm like, what is going on with that? That's not what God said. But then all of a sudden it happens, right? You go, oh, my gosh. And so you wonder sometimes that, you know, it's, it's not so much about him giving his exact words, but sometimes, you know, his faithful servants, he might just inspire to say the right word at the right time. And then all of a sudden he makes it happen, not because of their great, but because of his amazing grace. Amen? Let's stand and sing a song or two.